you go into a difficult meeting or you find yourself in a situation you just don't know what to do, you shoot off a little arrow prayer. It's like texting to the Lord. Just as texting is not the only form of communication, so arrow prayers are not the only form of praying. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick and Colin, there are arrow prayers and great big long prayers, sometimes from people who love the sound of their own voice. What are the other prayers we're going to be talking about today? Well, I, I hope that what we're going to get to is praying in the Holy Spirit. I mean, the New Testament, isn't that a marvelous phrase? Pray in the Holy Spirit. And the best way that I know of pursuing that and cultivating that is to pray according to the Word of God that the Spirit of God inspired. And that's why we're going to plunge ourselves into the book of Psalms, because the Psalms really give us God-breathed prayers that came out of the experience of David and others, but they're prayers that can shape our prayers that we know are according to the will of God and are pleasing to God because they're part of His Word. I think we should be thinking much more about how we pray than sometimes we do. If you were to have a moment with God that was on your appointment calendar, that would be the most important thing in the whole week. You would think, now, how am I going to seize this opportunity? What am I going to say? I think about that in, in advance of an important meeting. But to have an audience with Almighty God, I don't want to come in there and ramble. I want to come and to express from the heart something that will be pleasing to him and that really gets to what matters in terms of the needs of my life and the needs of our world. Well, the Bible tells us how to do this. So we want to get into the Bible to learn how to pray. So let's get into today's message. It's called Invitation to Enroll. Here's Colin. Today we're beginning a new series entitled With Christ in the School of Prayer. It's a short series in which we'll be learning from the Psalms, and although it's only a short series, it's one that I hope we will come back to from time to time in the coming years as we add uh, more sessions, as it were, with Christ in the School of Prayer. Most of you will remember that earlier this year, in the summer, I shared uh, the burden of my heart that there are some areas in which, as a church, we need to grow spiritually. And you will recall that these were the depth of our praying, the proportion of our giving, and the enterprise of our serving. This series is clearly an attempt to address uh, the first of these, the depth of our praying. Now, one of the things that um, was very encouraging to me during this short trip back to Scotland was that a large number of churches there are engaged in a campaign these days that is called Try Praying. Try Praying. You see these banners up on churches. There was a huge one just opposite uh, where I was speaking for these four days in the north of Scotland. And uh, this enigmatic Try Praying, it drives people to a website. And the basic idea is that even among folks who would never darken the door of a church, at some time, most people at some time in their lives feel that they would want to pray or feel a need to pray, maybe in a crisis in the family, maybe a hospital operation or whatever it is, but most people feel at some point in their life a need or a desire 
to pray. And so the churches in Scotland have come up with this uh, campaign. Uh, there are signs on the buses, again, driving people to this Try Praying website. If you're interested, you can uh, check it out, just see some good things that are happening in another country. It's simply called trypraying.org. And uh, the challenge to people, they, they can download a free booklet, and the challenge is try praying for one week and see what difference it makes to your life. Very, very clearly within the materials that are presented, they're, they're saying, and, and the whole point of this is to come to know God in a living way through Jesus Christ. Try praying. I like it. Here is something that the church has to offer. Christian people have something that at some point in their lives, everyone in this community, or at least the vast majority of this, uh, people in this community, the vast majority of people in this country, at some point will want to pray, and Christians know how to pray, or at least we should. And most of us feel we need to know a little bit more about this, and that with this precious gift that we have been given that others at some point will desire, that we would want to grow in the depth of our praying. Now, that's the point of this whole series. Praying is a holy art. It is better caught than taught. That's why being part of occasions like our uh, Pray First on the first uh, Wednesday here of each month uh, is a marvelous thing to build into the pattern of your life. It's caught rather than taught. But there are some things that can be learned. And I've been greatly helped uh, here by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who wrote a tiny little book, very, very short, simply called Psalms the prayer book of the Bible, Psalms, the prayer book of the Bible. And Bonhoeffer says at the beginning of that book that it is dangerous, a dangerous, and he says, surely a very widespread error among Christians to think that the heart can pray by itself. This is a big mistake. It's a dangerous error simply to think that the heart can pray by itself. And he goes on to explain that prayer does not mean simply pouring out one's heart. It means rather to find the way to God and to speak with Him whether the heart is full or empty. That's very perceptive, isn't it? If your only definition of prayer is the pouring out of your heart, what in the world are you going to do when your heart is empty? How are you going to pray then? And that is precisely the point at which you most need to pray. So, how can you find the way to God to pray whether the heart be full or empty? That's a very important question. Now, the tradition in which most of us have been brought up, or the tradition into which most of us have come, is one that emphasizes the wonderful truth that we can come to God freely in the name of Jesus Christ at any time. We do not need an appointment to come to God. We do not need a priest to pray on our behalf. You do not need some special gift of words in order to engage in prayer. No, through Christ, you can come to God and you can say to Him whatever is on your heart. And this is a wonderful truth especially when it comes to what I like to call arrow prayers, 
arrow prayers, just these quick instant ones. So before I get up to speak, I always shoot off an arrow prayer, Lord, help me. I need it. I need your help. And you go into a difficult meeting or you find yourself in a situation you just don't know what to do, you shoot off a little arrow prayer. It's like texting to the Lord, you know, instant, absolutely instant, and usually very, very uh, short. And uh, what a wonderful gift that is. But just as texting is not the only form of communication, so arrow prayers are not the only form of praying. There is more to prayer than off-the-top-of-the-head requests to God. And so, for all the value of spontaneity, it's worth thinking about this, that while spontaneity is a marvelous gift, when we come to things that really matter in life, we rarely trust spontaneity. Some of you are in sales. So, your work is to meet with clients and to understand their needs and to commend a product that is going to be helpful to them. When you meet with a client, you want to go in prepared. What that means is you research their website, you learn about their business, you prepare a presentation. You may have offered a similar presentation many other times before, but this presentation is particularly adapted to that particular client with whom you are meeting. You put in all this preparation just to make a sale, just for one client. Why would you not put some preparation into prayer? Others of you are in the world of negotiating contracts. Some of you have been involved in fundraising, and your work revolves around key meetings. And when these come, you, you prepare for them really well. You have a presentation, and the presentation lays out the problem, and then it lays out the inadequacy of other solutions. And then it lays out what you are proposing, and then it comes to an ask that you have as part of the negotiation or, or whatever it is. You put in all this preparation to make the case. Why would you not think in the same way when it comes to entering the courts of Almighty God? In my own world, week by week, I have the privilege of speaking to you from the Bible it's a great privilege. So, what I say is never spontaneous. It comes out of 15 to 20 hours poring over the Bible, trying to grasp what its verses are saying, and then crafting to the best of my ability, asking the help of God sentence by sentence how this can best be conveyed. If such thinking goes into speaking to you, why would I not be thinking very, very carefully about what I'm going to say to God? Now, think about this, really. Suppose you had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a direct audience with Almighty God. Suppose you, once in a lifetime, could come directly to God. You could ask Him anything you wanted. You could tell Him everything that matters to you. Suppose you had that opportunity this Thursday this week. Well, now you would prepare, wouldn't you? You would say to yourself, I am going to speak to Almighty God on Thursday. And this is obviously not only the most important event of the week, but it is going to be the most important event of my life, this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And suppose that your appointment with Almighty God were to last for 15 minutes, 
Well, now you would say to yourself, I have 15 minutes with Almighty God. What am I going to say? What am I going to ask? And you would begin to think, now, I want to ask something for myself. What would you ask of God? Remember, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? What is the thing that really is important in terms of you being more fully conformed to the image of Jesus Christ right now? And then you would have some things, if you're married, you would want to ask for your spouse or your children. We'd have things that we want to ask on behalf of our friends. And standing in the presence of God, we would not want in our 15 minutes to say, Lord, be with them. As you think about this appointment, it might occur to you that spending the entire 15 minutes asking for things would not be a very good idea. There is no other relationship in which any of us would be so self-absorbed. Imagine turning up for breakfast with a friend, and you sit down at breakfast and you say, hi, Joe, now I've got seven things to ask you, and then I'm out of here. I mean, you know, it's just, <laughs> you're not going to do that, are you? And so, as you think about these moments that you're going to have with God, you will begin to think, now, I do want to thank Him. What, what will I want to thank Him for? And you will want to confess to Him, and you'll think, now, what do I need to confess to Him? And you'll want to deepen and strengthen your own relationship with Him. You will not want to wing it on these things, and so you will prepare. And what I'm saying to you is I'm just encouraging us to think about what it actually means to pray, is that you have a direct audience with Almighty God every time you come to pray. And we will pray much better if we think about what it is that we are doing, and if in our minds and in our hearts we do not simply wing it, but seek to be more intentional about this immense privilege of speaking directly with Almighty God. So, how do you prepare to pray? How do you learn to pray? God has given us a book of prayers in the Bible called the Psalms, and we'll get back to our invitation to enroll in just a moment. This message is part of a larger series called With Christ in the School of Prayer. And if you've missed any of the series or if you'd like to go back and listen again, you can always do that by coming online to our website, openthebible.org.uk. There you can listen to any of our broadcasts that have already gone out on air. Open the Bible is supported by our listeners and we're extremely grateful for that. For anyone who's able to set up a new donation this month in the amount of £5 per month or more, we'd love to say thank you by sending you a book. It's entitled The Christian Manifesto and it's by Alistair Begg. It's an excellent book, picked out specially by Pastor Colin, for anyone concerned by the deepening divide in our culture. It's full of the grace and wisdom of Jesus that we need to interact with the world around us. And it's our gift to you to say thank you for your financial support this month. Back to the message now. Here's Colin. Now, how then do we prepare to pray? How can we learn this holy art of prayer? How can we pray better than we have been praying in the past? Well, the answer surely is that God has given to us in the Bible an entire book of prayers called 
the Psalms. There are 150 of them. And the reason that this book is in the Bible is that God has given us prayers to help us with our praying. Think of it this way, that the Psalms are a training manual for prayer. The Psalms give us model prayers for every circumstance of life. And they are all prayers, because they are Scripture, they are all prayers that have been breathed out by the Holy Spirit, so they show us how to pray in a way that is pleasing to God. And they are given to us for our use and for our instruction. And so, when I invite you to enroll with me in the school of prayer, I'm inviting us to immerse ourselves over time in the Psalms in order to improve the depth of our praying. And you will find in the book of Psalms model prayers, Holy Spirit-inspired prayers that are particularly adapted to every imaginable circumstance of life. And so, for example, as we move through this series, we're going to find from Psalm 10, how do you pray when the wicked seem to be winning, which is something we're talking about all the time these days. Well, darkness seems to be on the advance. How do you pray then? That's what Psalm 10 is all about. Psalm 11, how do you pray when you feel like giving up? There'll be a point in your life, and some of us may be close to that point, experiencing the difficulties, just the sheer fatigue and the pressure. And I, I feel so exhausted. I feel like giving up. Psalm 11 speaks to that. Psalm 12, how do you pray when you're afraid for your children? How do you pray when you fear for your grandchildren? Oh, this world is going the wrong way. Psalm 12 is precisely adapted to that question praying for the young in an ungodly world. And Psalm 13 speaks directly to how you can pray when you're in an agony of soul, when you can hardly feel the presence of God at all. It's all there, and that's just four Psalms. So, we're going we're gonna to take a little course in the school of prayer, and then in future years, God's willing, we'll come back and we'll take some more and just keep adding to what we are learning from this marvelous, marvelous gift that God has given to us, the training manual for prayer, the book of Psalms. Bonhoeffer says, if we are to pray aright, he says, perhaps it is quite necessary that we pray contrary to our own heart. In other words, if all you're thinking about prayer is just you pray what's in your heart, there will be times when you need to pray contrary to your own heart, and that's why you need the Bible. And he says, it is not what we want to pray that is important. What matters is what God wants us to to pray. And then he has this wonderful comment, it is the richness of God's Word that should determine our prayers, not the poverty of our own heart. Isn't that helpful? I don't want my praying to be defined by the poverty of my own heart. I'm so aware of the poverty of my own heart, the often emptiness of my own heart. That's the limitation. If I only think that it's the pouring out of my heart, the heart's often empty. I want my prayer to be defined not by the poverty of my own heart, but by the richness, says Bonhoeffer, of God's Word. Andrew Bonner, Scottish pastor who I've quoted on a number of occasions, one of the most godly men of prayer, and yet his own critique of his prayer life is quite extraordinary. 
He writes in his diary of his prayer, I am too short, I ask too little, with too much want of forethought, and too little meditation on the Scriptures. It was John Calvin who, in a very famous phrase, in a very wonderful phrase, described the book of Psalms as an anatomy of all the parts of the soul. Isn't that beautiful? Everything that can ever go on in a human soul, you'll find somewhere in the book of Psalms. It is an anatomy of all parts of the soul. And he says this, there is not an emotion of which anyone can be conscious that is not represented here as in a mirror. The Holy Spirit has here drawn together all the griefs, the sorrows, the fears, the doubts, the hopes, the cares, the perplexities, in short, all the distracting emotions that the minds of men and of women are wont to be agitated. Everything you experience, you'll find a way of praying through it somewhere in the book of Psalms. And so, to immerse yourself in this book is going to be the number one way of developing the depth of your own praying. So, with great gladness, I'm inviting you, as it were, to enroll in the School of Prayer as we uh, immerse ourselves in the Psalms so that we may grow in the depth of our prayer. You've been listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and our message, An Invitation to Enroll. It's part of our series, With Christ in the School of Prayer. And if you ever miss any of the series, you can always come online and catch up or go back and listen again. That's at openthebible.org.uk. The series With Christ in the School of Prayer is all about looking at prayer as a holy art. And the best way to learn to pray is, in fact, to start praying. So I do hope you'll stay with us. At Open the Bible, we welcome contact with our listeners. If you've been blessed by Pastor Colin Smith's teaching and you'd like to reach out to us, there are several ways you can do that. You can write to us at Open the Bible, P.O. Box 1420, Cheltenham, GL50, 9PG. Or you can phone us on 0330 335-8089. If we're not available when you call, leave a message for us and we'll return your call. And you can find all those contact details on our website, openthebible.org.uk. Also on our website, you'll find Open the Bible Daily. That's a series of short two to three minute reflections based on Pastor Colin Smith's teaching and read in the UK by Sue McLeish. Sue, what can we expect in this month's Open the Bible Daily? Well, it's a continuation of the book of Deuteronomy. This began last month, and now we complete it this month. And I've so enjoyed preparing it and reading it because there's just so much to learn from it. And what I think is so special is that, as always, Pastor Colin brings it to our present time and makes it so relevant. I've been blessed by it, and I hope others will when they hear it. You can find Open the Bible Daily both on our website, openthebible.org.uk, and also as a podcast. Go to your favourite podcast site, search for Open the Bible UK, and subscribe to receive a new one every day. Open the Bible is supported by our listeners, and we're able to stay on the air and on the internet because of your generosity. If you'd like to begin supporting us this month, we have an offer for you. It's a book. It's called The Christian Manifesto, and it's by Alistair Begg. Colin, what's special about this book? 
Well, Alistair takes us to the heart of Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount or the Sermon on the Plain, as it's called in Luke's Gospel. And so we're into the teaching of Jesus that is just radically different from anything that we would ever find anywhere else. And Alistair draws this out in the most marvelous way. I mean, for example, here's what he says about Jesus' teaching on taking the log out of your own eye before we try and remove the speck out of someone else's eye. He says, it starts with me admitting that it's likely not my wife who needs to change, but me. It's not my co-workers who are the problem, but me. It's got that kind of personal, practical honesty. It's written with great clarity, great grace, and great wisdom. Alistair says, we are not called to be like the world, and the world does not need us to be like the world. We have something better to say because we have someone better to follow. It's a wonderful book because it points us so clearly, practically, and hopefully to our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. The book's called The Christian Manifesto by Alastair Begg, and it's our gift to you if you're able to set up a new donation for the work of Open the Bible this month in the amount of £5 per month or more. Information about this offer and lots of other information besides is available on our website, openthebible.org.uk. For Open the Bible and Pastor Colin Smith, I'm David Pick, and I very much hope you'll join us again next time. You have a direct audience with Almighty God every time you pray. Prayer is a great privilege, so how can you learn to pray better? Find out next time on Open the Bible.